You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. So, basically, SysJoker uh, was found during an active attack on a Linux-based web server. And after some research, we found out that SysJoker um, actually has um, Mac and Windows versions. Joining us today are Avigail Mechtinger and Ryan Robinson, both security researchers at Intezer. The research is titled, New SysJoker Backdoor Targets Windows, Linux, and Mac OS. And now, a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks, and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. All right, well, let's walk through this together. Can we go through uh, your technical analysis here? What exactly is going on with SysJoker? Yeah, so I'll mention some a uh, few points before I dive into the technical analysis. That's Avigail Mechtinger. So basically, um, SysJoker uh, masquerades as a system update, um, and it has persistent capabilities. This means that it can survive reboot on uh, on the machine. And based on SysJoker's capability, um, we assess that the goal of the attack is espionage, and also it, it has lateral movement uh, capabilities, which might also lead to a ransomware attack as one of the next stages. Now... Um, if we go a bit more technically and high level, so first it will copy itself to a new directory masquerading as something benign on the machine. 
After that, it will start collecting information off the compromised machine using uh, living off the land uh, commands. For Windows, it's PowerShell. And then it will send uh, the information of the machine to the command and control server as a first handshake. And then it will ping to the command and control server and wait for an instruction. And if there is an instruction, it will, it will parse it and send the response back to the C2. Now, SysJoker has full backdoor capabilities. It can receive two different instructions um, from the C2, basically. Um, the first one is CMD, which means a run a command provided by the attacker and send the response back to the C2. And the, the second command is exe, which means drop an executable from a provided URL and run it. Okay, this is really in a high level. Now, SysJoker has an interesting way to resolve um, its C2, its command and control. It will first contact a hard-coded Google Drive URL, which hosts, hosts a domain.txt file. And this file contains a base64 decoded address. It will then decode it. It will decode this address with a hard-coded XOR key. Okay, and this key is also used for decoding and encoding strings um, from within the binary itself, and also data sent and received from the C2. Yeah, Ryan, would you like to continue with some more interesting points about this malware? So will there mainly just be reiterating what you've said mostly? Ryan Robinson. Yeah, when it's first executed on the machine, it will copy itself to a location where it masquerades as something quite uh, benign. So it does, so just like a system update or like a, a script file. In the Windows version, there is, since uh, Windows malware is quite often better detected through um, security tooling, uh, it appears to have a first stage that uses um, PowerShell to sort of drop and uh, execute the SysJoker payload. So it does, but uh, that uh, doesn't exist on, on the Mac and, and uh, the Linux versions. What is interesting about the Linux version is that they have sort of made an operational security gaffe is that they have not stripped the binary. So artifacts of what they actually called the, the function names and all, they're still in there. And also interesting as well, they have a logging system in place. So what the malware does, it will write this down so well into like a log and it kind of assists with analysis a lot, really. So it does the logging sort of the same in the Mac version, but uh, the functions have been stripped in that. What is also interesting about the Mac version is that it's compiled for a multi-arch. Therefore, we can probably assume that they want that to run on both the Intel versions of Mac and newer Mac machines that have the Apple M1 chip. It, it has an ARM version packed within that too. So do you have any insights on uh, how someone would find themselves infected with this? In other words, do we have a sense for uh, who they're targeting and, and some of the specific ways that they'll get this onto and um, their target systems? So in regards to who they're targeting, definitely they have a interest in academical and science uh, institutions. We can see this obviously through 
the compromise victim that we know of uh, personally and that we've worked with, but also you can see in the domains that they have created. So one of the domains that they've created is called the Picket Lab, and this is a piece of software that's used by academical institutions, uh, universities, colleges, and all for like uh, facilities management. If you were to see this in your network, it, it looks like normal academic traffic per se. So it seems to be quite an interest within that field. And also um, due to links that have uh, sort of been on Twitter, some other people have uh, given attributions. There appears to be related uh, through uh, passive DNS pivoting. It appears that there is a related file that is a weaponized Microsoft Office Word file that deals with uh, science as well, that may be used as uh, a first stage to deliver the malware. Um, and also for your personal experience, we know that this malware was dropped uh, in another instance through a reverse shell that was spawned through an exploited uh, Apache web server. What is your advice in terms of, of folks detecting this and, and protecting themselves against uh, infection to begin with? To begin with, there are... Um there are many uh, security practices. First of all, um, checking that you're running the most updated systems and best practices of the configurations. It really differs whether um, you have a, a server or an endpoint and so on. There are many security practices. So if we're talking about the servers, then what I mentioned, there's this configuration and being updated to the latest uh, services. And if we're talking of, of uh, endpoint, you can do a, a, a phishing courses for the employees and so on. Complex passwords and, you know, the list, the list goes on. But as for detecting, um, if you have been compromised, I can loop you back to the, to the blog that we wrote where we provided a detection content, which can really help you um, searching via your EDR or um, SIM really easily. And we also published uh, another blog that explains how with the OS query. So there is information for that as well. So how widespread is this? And, and are you seeing that this uh, actor is still active out there making this an ongoing campaign? So we have not observed many samples in the wild. And this suggests that the attacks are limited in scope. Actually, the C2 was up and running when we analyzed uh, when we analyzed the files, um, and it actually changed three times during our analysis, which indicated that during our analysis, the attacker was um, you know was monitoring, was there, was updating its C2. But after the publication, the Google Drive links went down, and I think this kind of shut down some of the samples that we found. It could be that there will be new samples with new Google Drive links um, that will generate new C2s. It kind of um, provides them a way to go under the radar when they use this uh, uh, domain of Google. But for the samples that we found now, they don't have the ability to resolve the, the C2. Our thanks to Abigail Mechtinger and Ryan Robinson from Intezer for joining us. The research is titled New Sysjoker Backdoor Targets Windows, Linux, and Mac OS. 
We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their SASE journey, visit netskope.com. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Trey Hester, Brandon Karp, Eliana White, Peru Prakash, Justin Sabi, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Falecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week.